clap of praise like you know it was him who raised you up this morning glory hallelujah what a joy to see all of you this morning in the house of the Lord Father, we thank you for another opportunity mm, to declare the unsearchable riches of your word. Father, we ask for your strength. We ask for your power. We ask for you to hide us behind the cross. Flesh sits down. Spirit of the living God, <laughs> rise up. God, I thank you that your Holy Spirit will nail your people to the seat. Open their ears, oh my God, open their eyes that they might see what you have given to be seen. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God, I give you thanks and praise. It's so exciting to be here today. It is. One day you'll wake up and, and you'll realize it ain't all about you. <laughs> and, and you'll look in the mirror and tell the Lord, thank you one more day. Thank you. It's exciting to be given the task, and yet it's a daunting task. I just said to Deacon Dana, it doesn't matter how many times I get to do this. I'm always shaking in my boots to, to come up here. And it's not so much about the audience, but my old pastor who taught me the most in preaching said to us that you ought to preach as if you're preaching to an audience of one. And that audience of one is God. And you want him to be saying, yes, yes, that, that's what I wanted to say. You don't want him to say, what in the world are you talking about? I know it sounds funny, but it's the truth. The whole truth, nothing but the truth. There is a word from the Lord. And that word is found in the book of Judges, chapters 4 and 5. However, we will not be reading from chapter 5 right this moment, but I will reference chapter 5. And if you've never read it before, please, ma'am, please, sir, go home and read those two chapters together. Amen. Amen. Good morning to our awesome leadership. What a joy it is to have great leadership. Y'all should have been clapping your hands. That was the place. Yeah. Yes. 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 John Maxwell says everything rises and falls on leadership. Yes. And he says everybody deserves good leaders. They need to be led well. I am grateful to be able to say that I'm in a place where we have great leaders. 
Amen. Amen. Give God praise for that. I am going to ask you to stand to honor the reading of God's word. And we're going to do something a little differently this morning. Since this is a kind of lengthy passage that we're reading from, we're going to ask you to do a call in response. I'm going to read verse 1. And how about we all read verse 1 together? And then you will read verse 2. I will read. You will read. We all will read the very last verse, verses 1 through 15 of Judges chapter 4. If you got it, say I'm in the book. All right. It's okay. Whichever one you got. Is, you want mine? The, the New American Standard Version. <laughs> he wants to be on one accord. Well, all righty then. Here beginneth the reading of the word of God. Verse 1 of chapter 4. Together, then the sons of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. the king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor, and the commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Herosheth Hagoyim. The sons of Israel cried to the Lord, for he had 900 iron chariots, and he oppressed the sons of Israel severely for 20 years. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. She used to sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the sons of Israel came up to her for judgment. Now she sent and summoned from Kadesh Naphtali and said to him, Behold the Lord God of Israel has commanded, go and march to Mount Tabor and take with you, how many? 10,000 men from the sons of Naphtali and from the sons of Zebulon. Verse 7, I will draw out to you, Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army with his chariots and his many troops to the river Kishon, and I will give him into your hand. Then Barak said to her, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. She said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the honor shall not be yours on the journey that you're about to take. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a woman. Woo! Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali together to Kadesh, and 10,000 men went up with him. Deborah also went with him. Now Heber the Kenite had separated himself from the Kenites, from the sons of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, and had pitched his tent as far away as the oak in Zananim, which is near Kadesh. 
Then they took, told Sisera that Barak, the son of Abinoam, had gone to Mount Tabor. Sisera called together all his chariots. How many? And all the people who were with him from Harasheth Hagoyim to the river Kishon. Deborah said to Barak, Arise, for this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Behold, the Lord has gone out before you. So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with how many? 10,000 men following him. Verse 15, altogether, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. We're going to stop right there. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. You may have your seats. The name Deborah means be, B-E-E. -E. And in many aspects, Deborah lived up to that name because scientists tell us that in all of the animal kingdom, there is no one more intelligent and organized than the bee. Deborah was one of the wisest of all the Old Testament women. She also had a fatal sting for her enemies when they got in her way. As we begin this fourth chapter of the book of Judges, we read when Ehud was dead, the children of, 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 of uh, Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, if you know anything about the book of Judges, the book of Judges is said to be in the, the place where every man did what was right in his own eyes. If that's not relevant today, whoo, I don't know what is. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. So if they had a, a great leader and they could crack the whip, they kind of obeyed. They got themselves together. But as soon as that leader died or was taken from his place, they went right back to business as usual. Like some children and like some adults. Mm. The children of Israel, the Bible says, cried out to the Lord. Now, as we, as we did the study, we understood that for 20 years, King Jabin, the, the second King Jabin, you have to go back and catch that. King Jabin had oppressed these people, literally taken, if you could imagine taking your heel and just grinding them into the ground like I got you now. 20, 20 years, 20, 20 years, 20 years. In all of Israel, there was no enemy that was more powerful as King Jabin and his general Sisera. Not only had they dominated for two decades, but they boasted of 900 iron chariots and 100,000 troops. Now, you might say, eh, today, uh, that might not be much. 
Consider this, that we have already, the United States of America, spent billions of dollars to send warcraft overseas to Ukraine. Billions. Now, not trying to be selfish, but we don't benefit from that. And then when it comes time, this is the part that, well, when it comes time for us to have what we need in the United States of America, we can't seem to get $50 to give to our elderly people so that they can eat some human food instead of cat food. In contrast, now 900 chariots and 100,000 men. In contrast, the Bible says, and you will find this in chapter 5, where uh, Deborah sings her song about this whole, she tells this whole story in a song. She wrote a song. And when I saw that, I'm like, how about us, that when God does something amazing for us, how about we write a song and sing a song unto the Lord? Well, she got her song written in the Bible. And she tells that Israel had zero chariots, and they could only round up between two tribes out of the 12, two tribes. 10,000 men. Does that sound like a lot to you? In fact, she sums up her nation's situation like this. In chapter 5, verse 8, she says, They chose new gods, and then there was war in the gates. Not a shield or a spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. Wow. had a thought, but I won't go there. Israel's problem was not a physical problem. Israel's problem was a spiritual problem. How did Israel get where they were today? They were being punished. They had been punished. But knowing God and seeing this whole story turn around, how that God is a God of grace, and he turns around and plucks up a woman and says, I'm ready to deliver them. They cried out to him. They prayed, and he answered. Deborah was the one that he chose, chosen by God, called by God, raised up by God, empowered by God. I think we need a Deborah. How about you? We don't know much about Deborah. And when I say we need a Deborah, you might look down and find out that that's your name. Whew. Yes. We don't know much from this text about Deborah. We know she was a prophetess. And she was one of only three prophetesses in the Old Testament. There was never another time in the history of ancient Israel where God chose a woman to be their leader. Men, 
lest you zone out on me. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yes, Deborah was a woman. But as I said, she was called by God, chosen, raised up, and empowered. That sounds like the same thing that God is doing for you, 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 and you. So let's take Deborah as generic for this morning. Amen? Deborah had some attributes that I think we could learn some things from today. Deborah was a woman of commitment. What was she committed to? Who was she committed to? Deborah was a prophetess. Only God can make a prophet a prophetess. I know you got some folk running around talking about I got a word. I'm running, I'm running. But only God can make a prophet or a prophetess. Only God can give a word and that person he gave it to was the person of Deborah. So she was committed to God, the one who called her and chose her and raised her up and empowered her. Deborah sat at the gate, what was known at the gate, and rendered judgments. And in the city at that time, at the gate, it was a place like City Hall or the courtroom where people would come and bring their issues and bring their problems, and she would render judgment. A woman of commitment. Whatever Deborah said she would do, she did it. A woman of commitment. Deborah was also a woman of confidence. Hmm. Deborah in this passage shows some leadership principles. Now, when I say leadership, everybody don't zone out because you know somebody's an elder or a deacon or whatever. I like Miles Monroe. He says we are all leaders of somebody. When we learn how to lead ourselves well, we are good leaders. Yes. She saw a need, the first leadership principle. She saw a need, and she was willing to do something about it. Not many people see needs. But she was willing to do something about it. She refused to accept the status quo. She saw the plight of her people. Obviously, she wasn't the only one, but she was the only one willing to do something about it. And when you're trying to work on a problem, you must do a critical evaluation of the situation. So she went, she went beyond that, and, and, and she had Israel's future in mind. Yeah, how about the example of having our future in mind? Yes, how about the idea that we stop reaching back into the drawer and saying, we used to do it this way, and we used to do it that way, so let's just do it because I got a plan in the drawer. How about we hear from the Lord and get fresh manna? She went beyond she sent for the best person she could find, a man named 
Barak. He had already distinguished himself as a great soldier and everything that followed him showed he was a gifted man militarily. Please note that her confidence was not in Barak. Her confidence was in a holy God. Let this be a lesson to you, RCF. Deborah was wise enough to know the value of a team and perceptive enough to recognize her own limitations and Barack's strengths. G. Campbell Morgan said it like this, Barack was a strategist and advisor. Deborah without Barack would have kindled enthusiasm, but would have accomplished nothing. They needed each other. One mark of a leader is that he or she is aware of personal talents and abilities, but equally realistic about his or her limitations so that leader helps to build teams. Yes, yes. She motivated him. Look at, at, at verse, uh, verse, verses 6, verse 6b, the B part of verse 6. She said, Behold, the Lord God of Israel has commanded, Go and march to Mount Tabor and take with you 10,000 men from the sons of Naphtali and from the sons of Zebulon. Hmm. Hmm. She deliberately set out to encourage him, but she didn't encourage him with her own opinion. She encouraged him with the words that God gave her to tell him. Yes, yes, following, following. She set out to motivate him as she did three things. First, she confronted him with God's command. Behold, the Lord God of Israel has commanded you. She spoke it boldly. She didn't come mealy mouth and say, oh, well, you know, uh, the Lord said, for me to tell you. No, I come with authority from the great I am. Huh? And I have a word. Barack, this is God's will. This isn't my will. It's not an option. It's a requirement. Second, she strengthened him with God's promise. Notice verse 7. I will draw out to you, Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army with his chariots and his many troops to the river Kishon, and I will give him into your hands. I say it must be an exciting thing to go to war. Let me tell you, I probably told you something about this when I was a little girl. <sighs> I had a posse. I didn't get into many fights, but I learned I had to have a posse. And so I knew it didn't matter who was trying to jump me. That's what they used to call it. When I called my posse, I went out boldly. I said, yeah, we didn't have no guns. <laughs> we, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here she was, God is speaking. I'm going to draw Sisera out to you. In other words, I just need you to show up for the fight. This is good to me. It's okay. You can eavesdrop. And I will give them 
into your hands. What a great lesson. It's one thing to challenge somebody to do a job. It's another thing to remind him of the great promises that God has made for him. That God will enable and empower you, empower him for the job. Sometimes we get into situations and we're appointed to do a job on your job, in your church, at your house, and you're given the job because nobody else wants to do it. Whoo, it's tight, but it's right. But how about when you go in knowing that my rock, my sword, my shield is right there with me? How about those Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace? Yeah, they were getting ready to get thrown in. But they said, God, our God, he's able to deliver us. And even if he doesn't, he's still our God. And he can. He is able. Third thing Deborah did was she encouraged Barak with her presence. There are many reasons why, and, and scholars and Teachers have speculated on why Barack said what he did. If you go with me, I'll go. If you don't go, I'm not going. Probably it was because Deborah was well known. Deborah had a reputation, a good reputation, and he figured that people would rally around him Y'all know how y'all act. Don't, don't act like, don't look at me in that tone of voice. When certain people are around, you know, you are right. You okay. You are right, yeah. <laughs> Go and admit it. Yes. But whatever the reason was, Deborah said, I'll go with you. I'll go. With you, how encouraging from a leadership standpoint. I'm asking you to do this, but I'm not going to let you go alone. Then she developed a plan. Almost anybody can see a need. But it's another thing to come up with a plan to deal with the need. Notice how specific Deborah was. She told him to recruit 10,000 men from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulon, and they would have marched to Mount Tabor. Now, somebody would say, well, why didn't she ask for more? As I said, keep it in your mind. She came. She was chosen. She was called. She was raised up. She was empowered by the great I am. So she knew what she was talking about. Tabor was on the plains of Esdrelon, not far from Sisera's headquarters. The plan, this is the plan. The plan was to meet the enemy, get this, at his strongest point in a pitched battle near the Kishon River, as verse 7 says. Bring him to the river, I'll give him into your hands. But at the place where Deborah was indicating, it was only seasonal. This season that they were in was a season of dryness. It was called the dry season. 
And so the river bottom was dried up. So along comes the prophetess and say, bring your people to that dried up creek. <laughs> and God's going to turn them over to you. How that's going to be? Because he is God and you ain't. <laughs> yes. In all these ways, Deborah demonstrated outstanding talents as a leader. But we've not come yet to the heart of Deborah. Only by faith could Deborah have carried out this plan and reached her goal. Just a little thought there. The book of Proverbs says, commit your plan to the Lord and your plan will succeed. That's the word. I didn't make it up. It's in there. Which means we must make a plan. It's time out for flying by the seat of our pants to do everything that we want to do for God. We plan for everything else. But when it comes to God, let's do this next weekend. Let's do it. Commit your plan to the Lord and your plan will succeed. She challenged Barak in verses 6 and 7, and then she motivated him in verse 14. Deborah said to Barak, Arise, for this is the day in which the Lord has given. Did you see that? She said, that's not even good English. This is the day that the Lord has given. But see, that's God talk. Woo! Yes, God has given Sisera into your hands. Behold, the Lord has gone out before you. That's a message to all of you, Deborahs. Don't do it unless God is going before you. Hallelujah. So Barak went down from Mount Tabor. And she reveals very clearly in chapter 5 the quality of her faith. Author Gary Enrich said this, the most important characteristic of a Christian leader in whatever area of your life is a dynamic, bold faith in God. Someone has said recently that in the past couple of three years, everything has come out of the closet but Christians. We are becoming more and more silent. It used to be that when I went to work, somebody knew I was saved. And it wasn't because I was praying, speaking in tongues, and laying hands on folk. It was because of character, because of the way that we lived. He says, I may have all the leadership principles down pat. I may be a management expert. I may be an organizer with a systems flowchart that General Motors would envy. But if I do not trust God, if I do not live in personal fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the God of my salvation, I will be a failure as an elder, a teacher, a parent, 
or a disciple maker in whatever area I serve as a leader. Swallow, swallow, swallow. It's going to be all right. What the people I lead need more than anything else is not a great system or a great organization, but a person who knows his God. Deborah knew her God. Let's talk about Barak just for a second. He followed the instructions. He ordered the troops, 10,000 men from the tribes of Zebulon and Naphtali, and they marched out to Mount Tabor. In response, here comes the devil. I mean, Sisera. Yeah. Don't you know that when God has given you an assignment, he's given you instructions? Don't you dare be down in the face talking about, I don't know what's happening now here, but look like ain't nothing going right because God sent me here. And Yeah, there is an enemy. In response, Sisera moved out to meet him with his, what, 900 chariots and, and, and his, his huge army, 100,000 men. Let's, 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 let's get a picture of what was going on on that hill. Israel was outmanned. Can you count 10,000 to 100,000? The ratio, there is none. Yeah. We're not told how many men Sisera actually had because the Bible says that he took the chariots, he took 100,000 men and others that were with him. So there was plenty more. He had more than my posse. It was considerable that only a small amount, and you've seen the movies, they're not all real, but for the most part, the men who go out front are the men in the chariots. And they're usually, they're usually few. Once the wheels fall off, it's over. It's over. Not only that, they were, they were, they were, they were totally outsupplied. 900 chariots, and she said in her song, not a spear and not a shield. But you know, I got to get a people credit for going knowing they had no weapons knowing they had a leader who knew her God, and knowing that many of them knew who Jehovah was. So they decided to trust Jehovah, yeah. They were apparently out-positioned. For ill-equipped men on foot to race against such an army on flat land, that's crazy. That's just crazy. That's just suicide. You're just looking to die. Barak did, though, exactly what God had commanded him to do. So it was not Barak's strategy. And Barak was a smart man. Didn't I tell y'all that? Yeah, he was a smart man. He was military. He was smart, but he didn't come in his own strength. He did what God said for him to do. He used God's strategy, and Deborah's strategy was not hers. It was 
gods. He wanted to teach the people that it wasn't about chariots and it wasn't about troops. The Bible says somewhere I read, some men trust in horses and chariots. <laughs> but I trust in the name of the Lord. Amen. It was the I am that I am who made the difference. Because Barak had learned to trust God, his 10,000 men went into battle. And did anybody check in Hebrews, I think it's 11 and 32, Barak's name shows up there as a man of faith. Yeah, there's something to be said for that. Let's look at verse 15. I'm hurrying on. I know you're getting sleepy. The Lord routed, Sister, I love that word, routed. The Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. You know, when I hear the word routed, I use it a lot, but I usually use it when the New Orleans Saints beat up on somebody. <laughs> that's okay, that's okay. Don't hate, don't hate. Yeah, we say we routed them. That word route in the Hebrew means to confuse, to send into a panic. So this is what God did. Here were these men, no weapons. That's what the Bible says. And here was Sisera going, yeah, bring them on. Bring them on. I see you coming. Bring them. I got something for you. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I see you. I see you. I see you. We're going to make quick work of you. Come on, baby. I see you coming. Yeah, come on. But suddenly, somebody say, suddenly. God works on a suddenly. Yes, suddenly. Defeat was snatched out of the jaws of victory. The Lord, the Bible says, the Lord routed Sisera. The Lord did it. And all of his chariots. And all of it. That's a whole lot of folk to break down. I know. Get it in your head. It's, it's all right. It's real. This isn't just a story. How did such a, re a result occur? Well, look at for right this moment, chapter 5 and verse 21. Deborah says in her song, the torrent of Kishon swept them away. The ancient torrent, the torrent Kishon. Oh, my soul, march on with strength. What is a torrent? A violent storm, a violent rainfall. What did I tell you earlier? It was a dry season. How could, How could this be except that God himself? Oh, my God, that God himself would reach down. All he had to do was look. Yes, stir up the storm. And a hurricane cut him off. At this time of the year, it was, it was a dried up place. The downpour turned this place into nothing but some mud. And so imagine them 900 iron chariots come busting down in the mud. You think they got slowed down a little bit? Yes, just a tad. Huh? Yeah, they got slowed down and probably thrown off. 
into the mud, bogged down. Sisera's major weapon that he had boasted about was now but a wish, but a dream, and a handicap. <clears throat> Ooh, as a result, as a result, you know what happens when you, you think you don't want to fight and you start getting all beat up? What you do, you panic. <laughs> and when you panic, you mess up. Can I tell you, with God, there is no need for panic. There, I don't care what the situation is that's going on in your life. God will pursue your enemy and defeat him. Run him out of town and cut him up on the way. Deborah was a woman of courage. Oh my God, what a mighty woman. When everyone else was kneeling down to false gods of Canaan, Deborah stood up. When not one man presented himself to lead Israel out of bondage, Deborah stood up. When the people of Israel were wallowing in sin and self-pity, Deborah stood up. What a generation or when a generation would grow up and know not the Lord and know not of his power, Deborah stood up. Where are you, Deborah? Where are you when Satan was having his way with the Israelites? Deborah stood up when Satan had his way, when nobody else could do anything through 20 years of oppression. Deborah stood up. Where are you, Deborah? I submit to you today that if Deborah could stand up, if Deborah could stand up then, if Deborah, a woman, could stand up then, we can surely stand up now. Where are you, Deborah? What Deborah did back then, we ought to be doing or willing to do now for our generation, for our children, for our children's children. Woo! Every single one of us, for every one of us, and you can stand up if I'm wrong, the battle line has been drawn by the enemy. If we would be honest, some of us know where the enemy is pressing us. In our careers, against our marriages, against our health, against our families. He will try to find the weakest link and he's gonna attack right there. Hmm. God Almighty, and when we feel him pushing, we've got to stand up. It's one thing to go around boasting and acting like great men and women of God. And we have so much courage, and I believe God, and I trust God today. And I know God, and God has done such great and mighty things in, in my life until the rubber meets the road. Hmm. Woo! Yes! It's totally another thing to stand up and be courageous in the midst of the fire. What situation are you facing right now that has paralyzed you in fear? Is it finances? Is it relationships? Is it temptations? You don't have to tell me. 
health challenges. I don't know where he's attacking you, but I know every one of us is under siege. And the Bible says, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible says we wrestle not against. See, we're still trying to fight with the people at the Capitol. Wrong focus. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. The Bible commands us, though. He gave us some weaponry in Ephesians chapter 6. Yes, he told us to put on the whole armor. Yep, not just the hat. Yep, not just the boots. Put on the whole armor. Why? Because you want to be able to stand up against the wiles of the enemy. This is how I fight my battles. Yeah, this is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Uh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm... I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. Being surrounded by the great I am. It doesn't matter who you are. My brothers, my sisters. Whether your name is great. Or whether nobody knows your name. You and I can be God's man of the hour. God's woman of the hour. As God is speaking to us in this word today. Stand up. Deborah. Where are you? Stand up. God bless you.